Hey Geoholics, it's producer Jake. Just wanted to give a quick note before the beginning of this episode. Uh, this episode was actually recorded two weeks ago prior to any of the recent COVID-19 developments. Uh, please take any necessary precautions to stay healthy and thank you for listening. Hey everyone, Nick Smolowski here with Bad Elf. Want to give you guys your tech minute with the Geoholics podcast. Thanks for having me over. Today I want to talk quickly about a little bit of history. Uh, about 2,000 years ago, a festival called Terminalia was started. It was to actually honor the Roman god Terminus, who presided over boundaries. So if you think surveying and mapping is a new profession, think again. Uh, surveyors have been uh, renowned in prestigious parts of society for over 2,000 years, even dating back to ancient Rome, where they had special festivals dedicated to people uh, that did surveying and over the precious science of boundary survey. So pretty cool little fun fact of knowledge. If you didn't know that, you can impress your parents or some of your friends on your knowledge of terminalia. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to the Geoholics or you can uh, email me directly. My email is nick, that's N-I-K, N is in Nancy, I is in Igloo, K is in Kiss, at bad-elf.com, nick at bad-elf.com. Dash.com. Thank you so much. Don't forget about Terminalia next year. Thanks, everyone. Ready, boys? Let's do oh, this. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to episode 27 of the Geoholics, a podcast produced by and for Geomatics professionals, also known as the Brandon Jacobs ah, episode. I missed that gentleman. <clears throat> Saluki. Was, oh, I did not know that. Yep, yep. I, I just know he was the uh, the thunder and uh, we are uh, we had the lightning. We are both Salukis. Right the, right so we have that connection. Bowl. Okay. That's right. Yep, yep. He's a stud. Um, is, he, is he like the most famous player out of that school? There's a few, isn't there? Uh, he's probably the most famous. Okay. Yeah, at least recent history, I suppose. And he played for a fantastic football team. He not did indeed. The Bears. He did indeed. <laughs> That's not fair. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> jerk. Um, guys, the Geahawks fan club. Have we talked enough about this? I have no idea. I think so. You know. Think so. Let's remind folks. So to be a member of the Geahawks fan club, it's really simple. For every 10 bucks you donate to the Geoholics GoFundMe account, you'll get a Geoholics wristband. Boom. Um, and if you donate 100 bucks, I believe Shoot said that he would personally deliver 10 wristbands. Yes. That's pretty exciting. Hopefully you're in someplace awesome or really close to my house. Yeah, like Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> That's or like uh, Bali or something. Yeah, Indonesia. like someplace awesome, no coronavirus around, you know, simple things. <laughs> Oh man! So, anyways, uh, as well as we'll mention your name on the uh, on a future podcast. So, check that out. That'd be great. That opening number, of course, is Kolar's. The name of the song is Dangerous. They are husband and wife, Rob and Lauren, and super cool people. Um, friends with both of them on Facebook, actually, and they've been messaging back and forth. They're on tour right now with um, oh, who is it? Saint Motel. And they're selling out all these venues, and they're like, oh, my God, this is a dream come true. And they're super appreciative of using their song in the podcast and stuff. And um, they've recently released a new cover song of a Nick Gilder classic called Here Comes the Night. Really fun video on YouTube. And, of course, all their music is available on Spotify and Apple Music. And just not, not only a great band, but just great people as well. So shout out to our friends, friends of the program. 
Without them, we wouldn't be here. We would not be there. Exactly. Advanced Geodetic Surveys. Let's mention those guys. They, of course, are an authorized Trimble dealer and service center, selling new and used equipment, as well as offering short and long-term rentals, in addition to 24-7 support. You can check them out at agsgps.com. Well, and then we can't always forget about Unifly. Scott, family Ohana, and his team... <laughs> vision to unify drone surveying, data management, and CAD conversion under one badly needed umbrella. You can find them at Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot arrow, A-E-R-O. Good job, Shoots. Thank you. You threw me off a little bit. I know. I tried to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Parkland College Land Survey Program in Champaign, Illinois. Corey Allred. Uh, he's built a staff there of us, a very diverse group of professional surveyors, and they are developing a program suited for anybody interested in furthering their career as a land survey professional. So if you're in and around Illinois and you're interested in, uh, you know, building your skill set or just becoming better at your job in general, check out parkland.edu forward slash surveying. And we have Bad Elf GPS, uh, Larry, Dr. Nick and the boys. They're beginning to ship out the Bad Elf Flex GNSS receiver. As they say, it's a game changer, fellas. We can find them at bad-elf.com. And if you want to find out more about that Flex receiver, it's bad-elf.com slash flex. Good job, Shoots. Land Surveyors United, Justin Farrow, has created a unique web-based community of approximately 17,000 surveyors at this point, if you can believe that, from all over the world. This is unbelievable what this guy's got going on. Um, and he's just he's an amazing friend of the program. He's built an app for us, which you can find on the website. He's built a hub for us, which you can find on his website. So stop what you're doing. Check out LandSurveyorsUnited.com. This is a website that I would highly recommend visiting every single day because there's so much information on there. You're going to learn something new every day. And if you're a new member, just tell them the Geoholic sent you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get a 10% discount on what? I don't know. Uh, thanks to Helton Brewing Company. Uh, I love being here in the brew house. Super cool. Brian Helton, unfortunately, is not able to be here with us this evening. But I can tell you this. He is super excited about the, the new arrangement he has where he's uh, distributing statewide. So it's pretty cool to go in, you know, different liquor stores and just different brew houses and bars or whatever. And, you know, the Helton beer is everywhere. So as it should be, it's great beer. And, you know, good, good for Brian. He's, uh, he's worked his butt off, and I'm super excited for his success. Let's catch up with the boys a little bit. Producer Jake, how are you now? How's it going, guys? How are you now? <laughs> Everyone doing good? No. No? Terribly. Doing good. So next I'm, week I'm I've got well. spring break coming up, which is going to mark the, um, the halfway mark of my senior year. So we're in the home stretch now. I know I've said that a bunch of times, but now it's feeling real. So I just got approved for graduation uh, last week, so... Hey, this is it. This is the actual home stretch now. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to push through this last, push through the senioritis and and, and, and get ready to graduate. What so. do we, what's the GPA looking to graduate at? Oh, Where I don't know. Magna Summa? No, Come on. I don't think so. It's like three, three, five, three, six, wherever that lands. Oh, my goodness. What, a, good. what a slack. We'll see. We've, I've got a couple more, so we'll see how those turn out. But I feel like now I've, I've got a good amount of credit, so it's, it doesn't really move much. That'll get you a job anyways, right? Hopefully. That's the plan. He's already got one. Yeah, yeah, I've got one. I've I've got a couple things lined up, so I'll be good to go. All right. He's got a couple irons uh, in the fire. Are you going anywhere for your last spring break? I am. We're making a trip out to uh, Chicago, actually. You are? Yep. Interesting. So I'm going to go check out, uh, see what's going on over there, what what people like to do over there. I've never been there before. I'll also be going to a Blackhawks game, so that's been on my bucket list. 
check out the United Center. Awesome. Um, I don't know. We're going to see where we end up. I'm going to get a lot of tips from you of where we should eat, where we should go. For so. sure. Stay in, um, we're staying by like Mag Mile Navy Pier area. So it's like Great north area. downtown. So Yep. Good spot. You guys have a blast. I look yep. forward to hearing about it. We're excited. <laughs> Ryan, how you doing? I'm fantastic. I was lying earlier when I said I was terrible. I'm never terrible. Um, speaking of Chicago and the United Center, a couple of weeks ago, the Kobe Bryant whole ceremony deal. Did you guys watch that? Was that the United Center? Uh, no, it was at the Staples Center. Oh, oh but Michael Jordan oh, got up there and he I did was talking. Yeah, I he was it. crying like a baby, and he was like, "Oh, now I got ten more years of a meme of me crying." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that is so great because that, uh, that is you probably just one of the best it. memes ever." They did a great job with that. Though. Oh, absolutely, it was so awesome. And yeah. then, did you uh, hear Shaq talking about Kobe? But there's no I in team. Mm-mm. He said uh, the teammates came at him and said. Kobe's, they went to Shaq and said, Kobe's not passing the ball. And Shaq said, all right, I'll talk to him. And he said, Kobe, there's no I in team. And he's like, yeah, there's an M-E in the motherfucker, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, pretty good. So Shaq went back and said, get the rebounds, boys. He's not passing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> so what about what about you, Delphi Delph? Um, you know, I don't have a lot to say, I don't think. But I do have one something I want to bring up that's been driving me crazy recently. And that's transgender athletes. Oh boy, Ooh, that's a hot take. Is Ooh, a mess. He just stepped mess. it up a notch here. Are, right. are you seeing this? I mean, these you know, women wanting to be men, men wanting to be women. They're wanting to you know compete in these different sports. And I'm thinking about it. And the lovely Megan and I have had this conversation. What sports are there where a man who wants to be a woman and participate and compete in women's sports versus a woman who wants to become a man and participate in men's sports? I mean, I don't think there's any adva- any sports where mm. it's an advantage for a woman to be a man. Curling. It's not. Mm. No, it's not. A woman <laughs> not. Chess. to be a yeah. man. Chess, advantage. yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you go the other direction, there's tons of advantage. But for a woman to, you know, be a man and participate in male sports, I mean... Uh, I feel what like I there? shouldn't touch Maybe this swimming? thing with a 10-foot no. pole here. I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scared. If you can come up with one and... I don't think they could probably riding? win at gymnastics. Yep. Oh, there you go. Boom. I don't think so. Oh, dude. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think definitely. so. Definitely. They, they participate in different events, though. No, Lots of them. Well, aren't, don't dudes do some things that the ladies do in gymnastics? Yeah, like completely the, different. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. It's just I think you might have gotten Biles, on that Simone one. Biles could beat like any dude at, at gymnastics, anything. But yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, if there's been like stories about like high school students yep. and stuff, and like they win like state and. Exactly. It's like the top three. I don't know. It's yep. It's yep. a it's a weird thing for sure, and you don't yeah. know how to like balance that. And with the Olympics coming up, it's going to be a yeah, hot they, topic for sure. Do they? How do they do that? Do they recognize that, or I I think so. Although I did hear last week that uh, the Olympics are in jeopardy as a result of the coronavirus. Yeah, they're just thinking about just shutting it down. Tokyo's done. Yeah. Instead it, of postponing it, just canceling it all. Really? Yeah. Yep. I feel like this was all dealt with in the movie Ladybugs. You remember that movie? Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Is that a soccer movie? Does anybody remember that? Yeah. Where he has the... Foot the, golf? He has the son dress up as a girl to win his company's like soccer league or whatever so he could keep his job. Nothing. So this whole thing started no. with ladybugs. It's all Rodney Dangerfield's fault. <laughs> no respect. He gets no respect. Exactly. So anyways, that's my gripe of the week, I suppose. Uh, that's a new and segment. And a legitimate one. Let's get on with our safety share. Actually, our safety apparel safety share. Hold on a second. Sponsored by, pull something up sponsored by safety apparel. Exactly. Matthew Stansberry and his team are 
reinventing safety apparel with the highest quality materials and most functional and versatile vest the safety industry has ever seen. And it is called the? The Party Chief. There we go. Yep. All my guys wear them, actually. Best vest in the market. I would not consider anything else but the uh, Safety Apparel Party Chief. You can check them out at safetyapparel.us. The uh, safety shirt for this week is this app that I came across. It's a work zone safety app. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but University of Minnesota has developed an app that will pair directly with technology in construction areas to alert drivers approaching work zones. So it's something, I mean, it's kind of a cool idea. You know, as a driver is approaching a work zone, it sounds like a message or an alert to their car, like, you know, you're approaching this, blah, 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 slow down, whatever. Um, I could see some really good things coming out of this. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, for surveying, I think it, it could apply as well. And it's like something like where, you know, if you have your survey crew ahead signs out, which hopefully everybody does, and they have some sort of, you know, beacon or whatever on the top of the sign that would send a signal to the app as, or I guess everybody would have to have the app. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it would work, but I, I, there's some promise there, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, it almost have to be something into an early warning system where exactly. everybody was on board with it. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to keep tabs on it and see where it goes. Um, you never know. You never know. Any, anything that we can do to protect ourselves or create awareness um, it's something worth keeping track of, no what, doubt about it. What is the name of this app? Work Zone Safety App. Work Zone Safety App. Yeah. Look it up. I, mean, it's not, I don't think it's not out yet. Oh. It's something that they're developing. Right, look it up. Tell us your opinion. We can have, uh, maybe we have Justin Farrow develop a snap. Oh, boy. We've already asked him for more than enough. He, he develops apps. <laughs> he does it like four minutes. He's like, here yeah. you go. Here, you want an app? Here you go. <laughs> what, pe what people are paying $10,000 for, he does in like 10 minutes. It's we're, crazy. We're just that enticing to yeah, him. Absolutely. Man, absolutely. we're doing something right. Yep, yep. So let's get on uh, Let's get on with the show here. we got a um, doubleheader tonight. We do. We do. A two-headed monster. Let's start with uh, William Hiddle. Right? Yep. So good story here. William reached out <laughs> via Facebook uh, through the, through the, fa the our Facebook page and sent me a message. like, hey, I'm going to be in Arizona. Love to come by Social Hall, check you guys out. You know, I'll be in here on Tuesday, blah, blah, blah. And I messaged back, hey, very cool. Love to see you. Love to meet you. Unfortunately, we're going to be at Helton Brewing Company that night. But um, come on by. And then I'm like, better yet, why don't we have you on the show? And he was more than happy to join us. So, William, thanks for being here. William, a little bit of a uh, little bit of bio on him. Born in what is it, Liberia? Liberal. Liberal. Liberal Kansas. Liberal Kansas. Grew up in Yukon, Oklahoma. Went to school at St. Gregory's University. Yep. Uh, home of the Cavaliers. Home of the Cavaliers, right? Was was. Yeah, I heard they closed. Right. <laughs> school closed down, and then the rival actually, a mm -hmm. uh, rival is now has them as a campus. Is that right? Yeah. No. Way to rub salt in it, boys. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, interesting story about William. He plays soccer, and he is a high-level foot golfer. Yeah. It's, is, it's, that, it's, is, that, is that a thing? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's basically a combination of soccer and golf together, and yeah. you're literally kicking a soccer ball on a golf course, golf rules, uh -huh. and, I mean, that's really it. Like Just a bigger hole in the ground bigger for the hole, ball, I think obviously. It's like, 22 inches so what's like that. what's the average length i mean the whole length i'm sure varies but like you have, do you have like a par three and a par five yeah and a par four yeah now it's from basically par three to par five your par threes are anywhere from man i've seen 50s to 90 yards par fours are okay 110 to i've seen some long ones of like 260 wow and then par fives are really anything anything over 250 easy hmm. yeah and what's your handicap 
Man, I I haven't even looked it up. <laughs> I just go out and play most of the time and then just yeah. had fun, enjoyed it. So are there a lot of courses? Like, is there one in Arizona? There's a, f- a few in Arizona. I don't remember where, but I do know it's around the Phoenix area. There's right. one in Tempe. Yeah. There's I one believe. in Tempe, that yeah, Shalimar. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the I've city that. course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Was I that played aware? that one for real golf, never the foot golf. I would, oh my goodness, I'd be even worse at that. <laughs> so was it like some days it's regular golf? Some no, it's days both. It's, it's oh, both. Okay. It's just like a different hole in the ground. Interesting. But yeah, it's all set up. I guess you need a little bigger hole. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Makes sense. Just slightly. Yeah. Uh, I use that one for the golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> but you play at a pretty high level. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, I played on the U.S. national team last year. Uh, we went to England, played in kind of like a, we call it the Jansen Cup, but it's basically the Ryder Cup. But for foot golf, That's and awesome. uh, yeah, I mean it was pretty fun. Uh, played at Celtic Manor and uh, Wells. Wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty entertaining. Like I had a blast with it. We got to tour the. Uh, I guess they had the Ryder Cup in 2010 there. Wow. And we got to tour their actual locker room, seeing like all the all the greats. Got some pictures of Tiger Woods and Bubba Watson. I think Ricky Fowler was out there, <laughs> and that was pretty so cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And I know you mentioned. Uh, in your bio information, something about the World Cup in Tokyo. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to make a team to get in the World Cup in Tokyo this year, and with that coronavirus, it'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but yeah. hopefully, I can make it, and hopefully, they still have it. Interesting. So, is yeah. it a is it a sport that is on the rise? Would you say like more and more people are getting into it? More and more people are definitely getting into it. It's almost like soccer in the sense that man, it's giant in Europe, hmm. and it's easier to travel from country to country in Europe than it is in the sure. U.S. Like we've got plenty of players all over the country, but right. some courses are harder to get to if you're on the East Coast and you're having to play a tournament in the West Coast and just it's all crazy sometimes but yeah. it's getting there and hopefully it just keeps growing yeah that's crazy yeah that's crazy so my wife and i the lovely megan of course are curlers yeah and like when we first started curling five six years ago everyone's like curling is the fastest growing sport in america yeah it's like every time there's a winter olympics there's yeah. that spike but it's all, everything's relative you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like you could say foot golf is the fastest growing sport in america just be, you know what I'm saying? Just because it's all proportional. Yeah, it's the fastest you know I mean? growing soccer from, slash golf sport in America. It went from 400 to 800. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, football or <laughs> exactly. baseball, you got a yeah. little bit larger for the percentages on that one. Exactly, exactly. And William is also a, uh, you've been serving for about four years. Four years now, yeah. So pretty new to the profession. Pretty cool. And uh, crew chief. Yep, crew chief. Yeah. Awesome. And working on some projects here in Arizona, so... Thank you for being here. That's awesome. Yeah, Hold no on. Problem. I did see one thing. Yeah. Who's your favorite football team? My favorite football team is the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Not good. We get a lot of those. Yeah. I mean, I kind of. Well, of course you do. Kind of grew into it. My uh, my mom and my dad, they like the Cowboys and the Chiefs. So, Oof. you know, I like them. But yeah. I started watching and like get your own opinion. Mm-hmm. And right before Brady, I really liked Drew Bledsoe, actually. Yeah. That's the whole reason I actually started watching them. Yeah. yeah Drew's I was a great just guy. telling Hudson like last night that I used to have a Drew Bledsoe jersey because he's a huge Tom Brady fan now. Yeah. And he was like, who's Drew Bledsoe? I'm like, he was the guy before Tom Brady that everybody <laughs> forgot about. Yeah. <laughs> Drew's doing okay these days. Him and his, uh, his wine are doing just fine. Uh, our other guest, Neil Garrity. Yeah, that's me. Neil, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Two-wheel uh, Neil. Kind yeah. of a last-minute thing. <laughs> Interesting story here. So Neil and I went to high school together. Yeah. It was even before high school, though. Oh, yeah. We go back further than that. You I mean, right? the reality of it is I think it was between 6th and 7th grade. Uh-huh. Uh, um, little known fact, probably you don't know this, that uh, my dad died just uh, weeks, almost days 
before I joined the baseball team that okay. uh, your dad was coaching. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, joined that Wasenden. team. Wasenden yep. Baseball League. We were maroon. Yeah. We didn't really have a name. We, we were just the maroon color. <laughs> we weren't like Tree Hut or something like I that? I can't remember who <laughs> sponsored us either. I, I, I reached out to a few other people asking for photos of that baseball mm. team. Mm-hmm. Paul Klinger and... Yep. Um, um, Benny Alvarez and a couple of other people. Yep. Uh, all my stuff was actually ruined in a in a basement flood. Oh, so I've got no no photographic history, unfortunately. But yeah, I'll have to go through. I got so many old pictures, like in boxes and stuff like that. I didn't want to ask you because I wanted to surprise you with the stuff, but uh, <laughs> I came in empty handed. <laughs> so I'll uh, I'm going to go through that stuff one of these days, and I'm sure I've got some pictures that uh, we will both enjoy, no doubt. Uh, so you are currently a project surveyor with Atwell. I am. And you changed jobs recently, correct? I did. Excellent. Um, you've been serving for about 30 years. 30 years. That's crazy, man. The reality of it is, you know, you and I were, uh, in, in, in high school at Mm -hmm. Forest View High School in Arlington Heights, Illinois. And, uh, my, again, you know, my, the perspective that people looked at me, uh, probably did not look the same as, as what. I felt inside. And I'm, what I'm going to say by that is I had long hair. I wore a leather jacket. Uh, I was uh, probably perceived as a person that really didn't care about his education. But the reality of it is, as I did, and I graduated in three years, uh, we took a lot of classes together. I took yeah. a lot of math, a lot of uh, art, and uh, uh, architectural drafting classes, which I think yep, we shared some classes yep. in the architectural drafting classes. I think our school was one of those high schools that – Really believed in the arts as far as uh, as far as that goes. They had you know automotive shop, they had metals class, they had wood shop, uh, and and uh, architectural drafting. Yep. And so that was my passion. That's where I really learned uh, my passion to be um, in this industry. I think was by almost default that. That was my passion in high school, and a lot of things happened between high school and the time that I actually even got involved with surveying that um, it seemed almost destiny for me mm-hmm. to get involved in surveying. Sure. Yep. I remember those days in, uh, in architectural drafting class. With, yeah. uh, I think Keith Boron was in there with us. Yeah. And Jim Meyer. Jim Meyer. Yeah. Uh, I remember him being in there. I. Um, uh, was that the guy that runs Sirius XM Radio now? Who? Jim Meyer. I'm pretty sure that's the guy's name. <laughs> that would be a, that would be a really strange coincidence if it was. I, so, <laughs> as you know, I assume you listen to the podcast, so you know that Kent is now Delphi Delph. Did he have a, a better nickname in high school that we could default to, maybe? So, you know, uh, I tell my wife about a lot of the uh, stories back from high school days, and uh, we all had nicknames. I mean, we had Rat Face, and, you know, I was... <laughs> I was I was a two wheel Neil. There's all these different. Um, I had to ask his wife tonight where where Delphi Delph came, and uh, she 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 did not elaborate on the story. But I am certainly open ears. That's a new nickname, by the way. Oh. It's within the within the last six months yeah. since we've been doing this. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, just real quick. I'll tell the story. <laughs> so you see, so you know, so there's no, no, no Neil Neil will appreciate this because he knows. Glenn Abramowski. Yeah, I do. So Glenn lives out here in Arizona. Yep. So he and I went to a football game and, you know, met at this bar. We're pre-gaming, you know, drinking beers, blah, 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 all that stuff. And long story short, I walked through the bar to go to the restroom 
and it was parents weekend so the, this string of like three really good looking blonde asu co-eds come walking by me right and the one stops in her tracks and looks at me and she goes hey dilfy dilf <laughs> you see how he puffs up every time he tells that story <laughs> it's a great story it's a great story as she looked I, I you up and shocked. down i was shocked I was, like, I was like what just happened did i just get hit on by like a 7 18 year old i don't know but uh, that's where dilfy dilf came from yeah was he the grosser back then? Or? No, that no, happened that in college. That was in college? Okay. That in college, yeah. I don't I think remember. there was a nickname in You weren't school, rat really. face, were you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No, I didn't. I, I think to, to your group, uh, you know, uh, Tim Kramer, Mark Dahlstrom. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, all those guys. Yeah. I was no, 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 Neil. Why was that? Uh, because I stuttered. I stuttered a lot back yeah. then. Uh, I don't know if it was just something that uh, I did. Huh. Or... Again, my dad just passed away just literally days yeah. and weeks before. And, yep. uh, but no, 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 Neil. Yeah, Tim Kramer used to call me that all the time. I'll be there. Yeah, kids are that. jerks. <laughs> kids are <laughs> jerks. <laughs> no doubt about it. Just glad it wasn't me. Um, so let's, let's start with you then, Neil. Um, what was your first survey-related job? Yeah, so, you know, I had, uh, I had, I had graduated high school uh actually in three years mm-hmm. uh my fourth year um i took off and but i did graduate with a class and my idea was to go to school so i had moved to florida uh with a girlfriend and uh you know we were down there for maybe six or eight months which school am i going to go to there's a plethora of them we weren't really you know uh, uh steered towards which school i was going to going to go to but um she got pregnant and school was really kind of out of the option at that point uh, ended up uh, just going to work for a development company, and that development company did have a land survey group within it. Uh, I went from uh, laying pipe, uh, usually RCP and you know water main, uh, storm sewer, everything. Uh, but the survey group picked up on me, and uh, I was doing construction surveying, um, just doing a lot of layout. But there was a PLS on staff. And uh, this is probably around 1990, um, still with my idea of going to school. I mean, that's, that's really what I wanted. What I wanted to do in school was not, I, I didn't even know anything about surveying. I, what I knew was, oh, civil engineer, Ooh, architect. Yeah. yeah, that's what they teach in schools. Uh, so I knew nothing about surveying, but uh, there I was, I was surveying and I do remember, uh, you know, 1990 and, and my, my PLS that had come to me and he said, you know, Neil, they, they just recently changed the laws and you are going to, um, if you're going to stay in this industry, uh, you're going to have to take the test. You know I mean? There's a, there's a grandfather clause that they've set the precedent for and you do qualify for it. You know what I told them? Yeah. It's not like I'm going to be doing this in 30 years. <laughs> It sucks you in, man. <laughs> and here I am, 30 years in, later. Right? Right? I am in, still in the industry. No, I never did sit for the exam uh, under the grandfather clause. I, uh, I have uh, about three years of college under my belt at this point. And yes, I am a project surveyor, but the project surveyor uh, is almost by osmosis, right? I mean, I've learned a lot, a lot of surveying in the years that I've been in this industry. And uh, the technological explosion that we've had experienced over the past 10 years uh, has uh, really brought me even further into surveying. 
Um, it's just, it's just amazing. It's amazing. My, my daughter, um, well, I, maybe, maybe I'm digressing. Maybe you no, want to ask me another it. question. Go for it, man. Uh, my daughter, um, who is, uh, uh, math, science, engineering, technology. And, uh, I didn't want to really involve myself in the program when she was in it, but she is now graduated and she's now at, uh, Baylor university. And I thought, you know, this is a really great opportunity to get involved with, uh, um, going back to the school and, 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 and trying to instill surveying a surveying program, uh, with these students who are obviously, uh, math and science gifted. They're, these are gifted kids, but nobody knows about surveying. True. They only teach them about civil engineering and they teach them about architecture and GIS. mechanical engineering, a GIS, Nobody talks about surveying and it just, uh, so I've, I've also recently been a lot more involved with the Illinois professional land surveyors association. And just so that the listeners out there know that I am from the Chicagoland area. Um, most of my surveying has been done in the Chicagoland area, uh, in the city region. Uh, but I started my surveying in Florida, as I said, uh, where I initially started, uh, going to school, but, my, my new drive here is not just the fact that I've raised five kids and that was my primary goal and one of the main reasons why I probably didn't uh, take it upon myself to uh, say, well, I'm going to go to school. You know, I was making a good career. Surveying is a good career, whether you're a, a rodman or, a, or an instrument man or a, I mean, they don't even have them anymore, right? I mean, we're one man party crews at this point. But do I need to have a degree to do it? No, yep. you don't. But you do need some technological experience, and I think there there are some some schools that are out there that have some technology, you know, the programs that um, that offer that degree. As you mentioned, Parkland College in Illinois, uh, which I recently reached out to myself and am uh, um, accepted at there. I'm just not sure that that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. Uh, it has to work for me. I'm still a family man, uh, uh, but it's a it's a great program that I think that for the people that work in the area and are working people that still need their education to meet the educational requirements, they have laid out a really great program. So it's at the top of my list, but I'm not done looking. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, that's good stuff. Thanks for sharing that, Neil. Yeah, William. You are uh, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is you got a degree in history. Yep, got a degree correct? in history from St. How Gregor's. the heck? Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of history in surveying, and that's yeah. one of the things I love about it. But how did you get into surveying? I actually kind of fell into it. Like <laughs> like most. The age-old yeah, story. Um, I actually yeah. got, out of high, got out of college and looking for a job. Sold cars for a little bit, actually. And uh, then really couldn't find anything. And worked with my mother for a little while. She owns her own company. And, you know, all the time she put it towards me through soccer, football, all sorts of things. I figured I'd give, give a little bit of my time and help her out with what she's trying to do with her company. And applied for surveying at one point. A couple of years later, decided to go to school for surveying. Kind of just out of the random and started school. Worked for about, or was in school for about a month or two teacher says hey there's a job opening here for you know, all the students i want to try I'm like well hey i have no clue what in the field surveying is but yeah. you think i could do it right i applied got the job and then i 
headed out to the field. I think I did nothing but topo for like six months straight, right. cutting line, digging holes, trying to get structures uncovered. Sure. Uh, I actually, funny story, my second day basically ruined an R10 unit. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we were setting up a one. base, setting up a <laughs> base, and uh, they told me to go set it up and and get it going. Right. I'm like, okay, like, didn't show me how to do it. Yeah. Didn't know that uh, those red dots are actually supposed to touch. Mm. But it went in. <laughs> they tried turning it on. Apparently, I put it in backwards. <laughs> yeah. So it uh, happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, so uh, were you working with a party chief then? Yeah, I was working. We were. Uh, I want to say. It was probably a four-man crew, but two two-man, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, they threw, threw a controller in my hand with the, with the rod. And the guy, his name's Shane Carroll. He's got a, he's RPLS now, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just started, started me on flumes. Wow. I literally did flumes for an entire day. And wow. nothing but it. Then went to uh, other structures throughout the week and set up a gun, learned how to do all that. Yeah. Uh, Kind of just learn step by step for a little bit, and then, uh, then yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that I mean I am I'm a proponent of education, but not necessarily a bachelor's degree. I mean I think that's excessive. You know, if there was a associate's or two year degree requirement, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't think, but serving is without question one of those things that you have to learn by doing. You can only learn so much sitting in a classroom and in a book. I mean you have to be out there because the day every day is different. And you're adapting to situations, you know, by the minute in a lot of cases, especially if you're working out in the field. Well, on the office side, too. You know, I mean, and you know how it is, Neil. I mean, Absolutely. I wake up every single morning with a plan in my mind. As soon as I get in the office, check my email, get a phone call. It's like. <laughs> there goes a plan. There yeah. goes a plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. yeah. You got to adjust. You're constantly adjusting and you're constantly. And I think that's why I like it because I'm so freaking ADD that if I'm not juggling 10 different things at one time. I kind of like, I'm, I'm not myself, you know? So it's it's one of those professions that, um, you know, I, I, again, there's only so much you can learn in the classroom, but you have to have a good mentor, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. I was very fortunate to have an unbelievable mentor that I give him all the credit for me being where I'm at today. If it wasn't for him. Is I that Roy Frank? No. Well, I know Roy very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Reader. Yeah. Ed Reader. He worked for, uh, he owned cross-country land surveying in Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. and he was you know, when I graduated college at SIU, Carbondale, I had a degree in architecture. And there was no jobs. My wife at the time, well, we weren't married yet, but my wife, my future wife, was from Carbondale. So we were, I was going to stay down there for a while. And uh, there was no jobs in architecture. You know, I always had interest in surveying because even like when we were in high school, mm-hmm. in the summertime, I had the opportunity to go work at IDOT. I remember. And work on a, on a survey crew. So I, 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 I liked it. There's no doubt about it. But after graduating college, no architecture jobs in Southern Illinois. It's kind of a very rural area. I think you, Mike, um, Mike Lampignano. Yeah, Lampignano. Yep. Yeah, yep, I remember Mike. And so I got an opportunity serve, serving with Ed Reader, ser, serving with Ed Reader, and worked for them for about twelve years. And through that time, you know, I got licensed and everything. But um, that mentoring is so freaking important. Right it really now. is. You know, and you and I have been doing this for close to thirty years. I mean, we need to be paying it forward. Really know? do. And, and I am. I feel like I am. But yeah. and, and I know you are. And I know you are. And and, and it's great that, you know, the that the party chief, the RPLS that you're uh referring to mm-hmm. uh is passing that forward as well. Yeah. I mean yeah. you I don't think you would be here if somebody didn't obviously plant that seed with you in order to 
grow, right? I mean, it, it grew with you. And uh, surveying just has a such a rich history yeah. that, I mean, if you can just wrap your head around it, it's just, it's amazing. It's awesome. It really yeah. is. It really, absolutely. Absolutely. And you having a history degree, you appreciate that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely enjoyable. More than some, actually, you know? I mean, that's that's super cool. Um, I am mad that you're hired by yourself, though. You know... One-man I mean, crew out here in those intersections when you told oh, me that yeah, i'm like I, know. I was almost gonna like reach out to one of my guys and be like listen yeah you got you got to go help this guy out because yeah. he's not familiar with serving in arizona all the monuments are in the intersections and we need to help this guy out. yeah i was so. definitely lucky i mean like i said arizona has a great system uh oklahoma's it's okay but you're still having to potentially dig in those intersections uh yeah with one man out there it's a little harder yeah. but at least most of them are in those turn lanes where you could if you Situate yourself right. Right. You're safe as long as people are actually paying attention. You just never know then. You never know. It's yeah. such a dangerous job. It really is. I, yeah. I, I would almost think even calling community affairs within the local police department, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if they're not helping somebody open up their door that they lock their keys into, that maybe they can sit there with their lights on. You would think. Yeah. You would think. We've tried that route before, and it's just, it's a dead end. So really? what, what we do is... And I'm sure they have these type companies in Chicago and everywhere else. It's like, you know, here it's like Arizona traffic control. So you call these guys up and they're like off-duty police brokers, right? So you pay this company like $40 or $50 an hour. They'll send a off-duty police officer out to your job site with a squad car, with the strobes and everything. That is a lifesaver. You know, no pun intended. I mean, that Mm -hmm. is an absolute lifesaver. When surveyors are out there, I mean, you guys see it. You can have all the signage up, all the cones, flashing lights, everything perfect. People are still blown by you. Yep. As soon as the cop present, the whole world stops. You know, everything slows down. So I would highly recommend utilizing services like that, especially if you're like a one-man crew. You know, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm, I'm not – I am very much so opposed to one-man survey crews. No doubt about yeah. it. I'm a huge proponent of a minimum of – for a number of reasons. One, safety, no doubt. But if you're out there by yourself, I mean, nobody's teaching you. I mean – You've only been doing it for four years. Yeah, I get, you, know, I you are a super young surveyor. Yeah. You know, you've got so much to learn. Yeah. yeah. But if you're not out there with somebody who's a seasoned guy, you're learning, but you're learning on your own through trial and error. You know, that's a tough yeah. way to learn sometimes. I think the mantra of people telling you that, uh, oh, you know, technology has advanced us to one man, yep. you know, survey crews. Yeah. Bullshit. Yep. Uh, just bullshit. And I don't know if I can say that while I'm talking on this. Ah, you're fine. A right couple now. more times and you're good. Yep. But <laughs> the reality of that is is um, everything has its, uh, its its application. And when you're putting uh, your crew member into a position where uh, their life could potentially be in danger, well, then no. Then it's not a one-man crew anymore. We need to, you know, all hands on deck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got lucky that, uh, I mean, going back to the mentors part, the mm-hmm. They kind of taught me what, what I'm looking for. And obviously, you got to pay attention to people, like just in general. You got to make sure your head's on a swivel. Um, in Oklahoma, mentor wise, uh, I kind of fell into a group of, I got a last people, the last surveyor I worked for is uh, Spencer Jividen. But in Oklahoma, the Jividens are, they're a pretty old kind of family in okay. surveying. So, like, he's got all this knowledge that. And I picked his brain all the time, yeah. and he was just teaching me everything. And then uh, Kyle, yeah. Kyle Felder, he's going to end up being on the show eventually, but yeah. he also is from an old, like, kind of surveying family. So I kind of fell in that groove where they, between the two of them, they were taught so much that 
right. they're doing it right for me like sure. trying to teach teach me as much as they can whether i'm in the office or in the field and, yeah good and they're always watching out for me when if they know hey you're right. going to be in this area uh kyle actually told me about the uh the traffic thing that yeah. you're talking about oh the, cool yeah nice. he told me hey if if anything you heard it on geoholics give them a call you know you can actually uh yeah. use this if you if you really need to and i'm like well yeah. we'll see how it is and i'll check traffic throughout the day and yeah let's well, find it yeah that's awesome very cool um do you have some shoots i was just gonna say make sure you have your uh safety apparel from safety apparel <laughs> <laughs> good plug nicely done buddy. nicely done um well, good safety apparel is always really important. I mean, yeah, and PP, as we as we were even yeah. just talking about this, I'm yeah. just I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, make sure you don't have two cones, right? You, I'm going out to this intersection today. Everybody gather their cones. Yeah. You're working out on a 600 acre parcel in the middle of nowhere. You don't need any cones. Let me grab your yeah. cones from you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to communicate with the other crews. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of you know we mentioned the uh, the the app you know for work zone safety. There's uh, so many different things about you know, te- technological things that are coming out. Like there's this one company that has these, it's almost, it almost looks like a business card. You know, you put it on a lanyard around your neck, whatever, but it has obviously a lot of technology built into it. And it's designed for people that work alone on mm-hmm. their jobs. Mm-hmm. And it, it has some sort of communication interaction. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but I mean, it's, not, it's a little thicker than a regular business card, but you know, it, on and I can't get out. No, it's that type thing. It's almost that exact, it's, Yeah, that's <laughs> it's almost exactly alert. what it is. Yeah, yeah. So there's stuff like that out there, but there's no uh, there's no substitute for you know working with a couple of guys. You know, yeah. Most of well, the time, and gaining that experience. I mean, the, I think that's where you huge. and I, yeah. when we were in the age yep. of three man party yep. crews. Yep, that's how I you started. Know, yep. I started as a as a rodman. Yep. You know, instrument man, and then a party chief, and then I came in the office. Exactly. And, uh, there's a lot to, 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 you know, attach to that experience. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I'm like yourself, I mean, I wouldn't trade my experience for anything. You no, know, I mean, not, I, not even education. I took probably the longest path to becoming a licensed surveyor, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, I absolutely. Just because all the experience that I, that I was able to acquire and working under, again, a good mentor, um, so you've only been in the business for about four years. You've seen some technological changes, I'm sure. A little bit here, Some yeah. advancements. I mean, guys like myself and Neil, I mean, good Lord. Um, the profession is nothing like it was when we started out, you know. Um, the principles are still the same, of course, you know, and that's super important that you get a grasp on those things. But the technological side has advanced so rapidly and continues. You know, obviously, now we have drones and UAVs, and these are all tools, and tools based in the toolbox on. Yep. based on yep yep and they all have certain applications they all have limitations and it's our job as professionals to understand those limitations basically mm-hmm. um are you guys doing anything with drones or uav uh, scanners actually, anything like that we actually just had a job uh man i got done with it on friday or thursday last week that i had to go set some targets for for drones it's not mm-hmm. technically our company we're right. hiring sure. out but yep. it's something that uh it's a river survey that mm-hmm. My Kyle told me, hey, how long do you think it'd take you to walk this river, this bank, yeah. then go to the other side, walk that bank, right. and maybe hit a little island in the middle? Yeah. I kind of looked at him like, well, that's going to take at least a week, probably just <laughs> yeah. to just to right. make sure yeah. I can uh, get everything, let alone pay right. attention to wildlife around you. Sure. You're not going to step in some random sinkhole. Yep. But 
all, I mean, all the unknowns. It makes it a lot easier, though, to have something like a, a drone or, mm-hmm. or LiDAR fly over it, you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great tool, no doubt about yeah. it. My favorite has been uh, Faro scanners, though, or, or scanners in oh, general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've it'd be so much easier to be able to use those, just set them up and go without even having to set targets or whatnot. But you need to have a, the control. Out. Yeah, you need yeah. to have some type of control out uh-huh. there. And seeing the product after it was done, I mean, I've seen pictures that literally look like a legit picture, but I know is actually billions of right. points from the scanner. And yeah, it's impressive. It really is. Yeah, it the really whole thing is. is. And Neil, I know just based on some of the projects I've seen you, you know, post on Facebook and stuff like that, you've, use that technology quite a bit right i have um it is amazing just in the past 10 to 15 years where the technology has taken the survey industry um you know i've uh, i've worked on with both drone projects uh scanning projects um you know we talk about uh applicable um processes of how we used to survey i mean Steel chain, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Across <laughs> asphalt, at what temperature, and what's the yeah. what's the variation in yeah. which you know you can add or subtract to, uh, you know that measurement. No, I will so, say I've only seen in books. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. these are things that I, I'm sure that these uh, really intelligent uh, math, science, you know, technology people, uh, that I'm sure they're putting that into the the software in which uh they're trying to sell us right so i'm not um uh i'm not against it i am more of a proponent of it as long as again that the technology that's going into it is um along what we're trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. which is survey quality and so uh yeah, uh, me personally working with some of this technology coming from the old school and coming into uh, the new age, um, I will put my age out there right now for you in case you didn't know. Uh, 30 years in the industry, I'm 53 years old. So I started surveying when I was about 23 years old. Uh, and, uh, and again, the last 10 to 15 years, uh, technology explosion, the... Uh, uh, we recently worked on a, uh, see, there's my stutter. That's where I got the nun and the kneel, right? Two different projects I, I, I would just like to talk about real quick. Uh, one of them was um, a 250-acre parcel up in Wisconsin. Uh, I think I can say it at this point. It was uh, the Pritzker family. Uh, the Pritzker family, um, they're hugely into the military museum. And they like to preserve that history within their own family. So they uh, they had this 250-acre farm uh, that they purchased uh, parcel by parcel and came together and said, this is uh, now a military museum and shooting range, so on and so forth. But the surveying that I did on that was, you know, we sent the survey crews out there. They collected all the ground control, all the, you know, edge of pavements, center line of, pave, of pavement, um, the, kind of the perimeter of the project. There was also this stream that kind of ran through with a lot of canopy, a lot of trees, a lot of overage on that. And uh, that's where we wanted to bring the drone in. So we brought the drone in. Instead of having somebody come out there, you know, walking, you know, on a grid of 50 feet or 100 feet uh, or getting an ATV out there and setting all that GPS equipment up, uh, we decided, you know what, we, we're not in the drone industry, but I think we want to do this. So the first thing I did is I had to I had to 
look at all these different types of drones and what is going to be the most applicable, A, for the job, and B, for the company, right? So there's a lot of analytical stuff that you have to do, not just to look at um, how am I going to accomplish this job, but when this job is done, this drone that we just bought, what are we going to use for it next? What 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 jobs do we have next for it? Right. Because if your return on investment isn't there, well, then maybe you should be looking at something different. And that's what we did. We looked at something smaller. And it worked. There's a lot of man hours and crunching the 17,000 photos uh, and building that that tin network uh, to build a surface uh, that was, uh, you know, ready for the engineers. I mean, that's technically our best client, right? That's who we were, we're working for. But they're a client, and we do what we do, and we they do what they do. So it was a great learning tool. I was glad that I had that project. It opened my eyes to a lot of different things because I had to do a lot of research. The other thing was with uh, laser scanning. Uh, had a, uh, a project. Uh, it was Lake Street uh, heading into Chicago where there's a uh, CTA train uh, elevated above it. So you got the road below it, uh, Lake Street, and then above it was CTA. It was right near United Center, which you'll be visiting here real soon. Um, And uh, there used to be a train station there back in 1913. And a lot of the infrastructure and the structure, literally the structure that was still there, uh, had to be scanned. We scanned it from below. We scanned it from above. We did a complete topographic and Alta survey on the bottom. And, uh, and, and then I, who had never done this before, I had never taken scan material and created a three-dimensional wireframe survey, survey quality down to a quarter of an inch or less if I could. That was the, that, that, that was the tolerance that I was given. Um, to, to create a three-dimensional drawing of this to give to an architect where, of course, they weren't really happy with it. They, they, they were expecting a Revit model, uh, and, and uh, whoever wrote the contract, you know, misunderstood what they were, right. you know, understanding. But I guess the bottom line here is just the technological advances. It's crazy, right? It is. It's just it's crazy. And you have to engross yourself in this in surveying. Um, I just think it's it's really exciting for a lot of people, especially today. It really is. It can be a little intimidating as well. It can. You know, I mean, there's there's people out there that are experts for a reason, and uh, I mean, I I would say that the advancements on the software side are probably just as, if not more, impressive than on the hardware side. Absolutely. You know, that's where that's where things are really changing really rapidly for the better, no doubt. You know, yeah. I mean, you mentioned having that was like 17,000 images, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a super computer to process yeah. that data because there's so much of it. Yeah. And the problem is like with drones, I mean, again, you know, it's, a, it's another tool in the toolbox. It has its limitations. Um, one of the problems is, you know, those files that they generate are so large and most people can't really work with them. 100 gig and more. Yeah, it's nuts. 100 it's nuts. gig. So you got to think about got to think about the end user in every single situation i think and what they're going to be using the product for and that's you know that that helps with a lot of decisions no doubt um what's the best part of your job william man it's like a double-edged sword for me it's being outside because i love it it's great but then there are those days where you know i mean guess out here it'd be like 120 (laughs) but in oklahoma it'd be you know 
100 degrees. It's killer. But humidity but, there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's humidity. Brutal. But, I mean, then right now, I think the other day it was one degree when I got out of the car. Wow. And had to do a entire section and walk most of it. Yeah. In one degrees. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm glad I brought all my stuff with me, but it's yeah. still a pain. But it's still my favorite part, being able to be outside and yeah. kind of see things and just enjoy it. Sure. Yeah. What, what's the, uh, on the flip side, what's the worst part? The worst part was probably digging out structures. Because mm. we had to, at my first job, we had to dig out structures. And mm-hmm. we did one particular job that I swear I dug. I couldn't even count how many holes, but each of them were at least six feet deep. So wow. we had to get those wing walls, the aprons, all those, all, all the shots just to actually get this topo looking how it should. Yeah. And uh, I hate digging with a passion, but you know, you have to, Sometimes it's part of the, gotta. yeah, you have to, it's part of the job. So yeah. But yeah. I mean, here in Arizona and you mentioned it earlier, you know, in Maricopa County anyways, I mean, we are so spoiled. Because practically every single section, every every GLO corner, for that matter, <laughs> is it. monumented, and you know has a, a, a published state plan coordinate on an NAVD NAVD eighty eight elevation, and just an unbelievable GIS you know network that's that's ass accurate. Uh, you get outside of Maricopa County, and you're not so fortunate. And we are spoiled here uh, as far as weather goes. I mean, eight months out of the year, it's beautiful. You know, yeah. you got those three to four months of summertime where. It's pretty freaking hot. Just don't go There's outside. no doubt about it. But, you know, like guys that work on the field, I mean, they start their day at like five and they're back at the office by one or whatever, you yeah. know. So they avoid most of it. But either way, there's it, there's a point in the summer where, you know, if it's been 110 for like two weeks straight, at night it cools down to like 92. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that whole urban heat island yeah. effect. So you wake up in the morning at like three or four o'clock and it's 90 some degrees, you know. So it's still warm, but that concrete but soaks still. it right up. Yeah, I mean, you adapt to it, you know, just like like our guys, if they went surveyed, where you survey on a regular basis, they'd be like, oh, my God, this sucks. You know, and you yeah. come here. I mean, right now you're here surveying. You're like, this is fantastic. Yeah, I enjoy this it. This is beautiful. Yeah, it. yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. Um, so you being a younger surveyor, when someone asks you what you do, how do you respond to that? It's honestly hard to to really kind of tell them what I do without just saying, you know, I just take a GPS around it and and shoot stuff you know that's but really the best way i can give it which was given to me is that you're kind of drawing you're kind of in a sense an artist in a Mm -hmm. way especially when you're doing topo stuff uh i was kind of teaching a guy the other day and i told him hey your topo and my topo there's certain things that they will look the exact same just because they're hard points you know Mm -hmm. curbs gutters just stuff like that but when you come to the natural the natural part of the land you could have a completely different thing than i have it'll be relative but sure. we're all going to have our own different perspective of it and then you won't even see it I, my my kind of aha moment was doing all this shooting kind of like okay well i'm doing this then actually going and seeing it on a computer and being like yeah. wow invaluable yeah that actually was yeah. literally the okay yeah. I, I see what i'm doing now and it actually helped it helps out surveying they're like okay yeah well how am i gonna make this look on the computer because i want to make it look like yeah. it should yeah no I mean, like you said the aha moment i just had one of those mm, week or two ago with one of my young guys and instrument operator you know just unbelievable those kids are rock stars no doubt about it um but i brought him into my office and showed him you know the survey that he did 
and how it actually looks and everything. I'm like, so he, now you understand. Now you understand. You know, this could have been done differently, or you did a really good job here. Yep. It's just when you see it on the screen. But you're right. I mean, you know, when you're yeah. on the field doing a topo, you're essentially doing a drawing on yep. the field. You know, and your challenge is that it has to make sense to the guy in the office who's not seeing it. I yep. mean, you, you might take a gazillion pictures and stuff like that. But you're not there to sit next to him when he's processing it. He won't know? get like 50 phone calls like, hey, what right. was this? What was that? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's all communication, you know, no doubt about it. So, Neil, how about you? What's the best part of your job? Well, I think, you know, I can't just say on the current job that I'm actually doing now. Yeah. Right. Because I'm technically, even though I've got 30 years experience, I'm technically the new guy. Right. Hmm. I mean, I've only been with this with Atwell for uh about six months okay and so i have some proving ground that i need to do um you know there's still a learning phase but if you ask me the favorite part of my job you know i'd look at my job as my profession my profession is land surveying um and i think that there was there was something that i read whether or heard or in the geoholics about um is this a profession or is it a is, are you a, uh, uh, what was it? Is Profession it a or a trade? Or trade, yep. you know? It's, it's a good question. It is. Good question. It is a good question. And I think it might depend on what your goals and aspirations are within the industry. Yep. But personally, I am a professional. I am a professional through and through. And um, I like, I mean, there there's, there's multi answers to this. I like my end product. I am a perfectionist. I am uh, ADD. And I cannot just let something go without perfection. Unfortunately, sometime time constraints on the on the budgetary aspect of it yeah. really restrict you from giving it the. Yeah. I once had a boss told me, you know, you should become uh, a graphic artist. That's what you should become. You're really good with the computer, and you make these drawings look so beautiful. Yeah, but you know what? It's also survey quality. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the fact that... So, to answer your question, um, I like the end result. I really like the end result. But I also like teaching, right? I have had a lot of mentors over the years of people that I've brought, you know, have who have been hired, and I've taught them the skill of, of survey drafting. I mean, there's book, books that have been written on this stuff. Yeah. You know, and I've read this stuff and taken that and, of course, all of the mentors that I've had as well and turn that into turning it around and giving it to those who are very new to the industry because there's a lot to learn. Just because one person gives you uh, something, it's really your 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 understanding of what all of these different people have given you to to. Uh, um, embrace and and then give forth. So yeah. that's another aspect that has really, yeah. It's it's great to hear the two different perspectives, you know, from somebody who's been doing it for thirty years and somebody who's doing it for four years. That's why I was kind of excited about this. So yeah. the profession and the trade argument, you know, I mean, I obviously think it's a profession, yeah. But there's <laughs> there's an argument for the other way as well, of course, yeah. you know. And a lot of it is how we present ourselves, you know, like like you, you know, being a, a crew chief at the moment, you know. I mean, you are what people see like you yep. are the first the first uh in, like for your company for example i mean you you're like you're almost like a human um business card yep. right so when you're on the field and you come across people i mean 
you know, I'm, I'm sure you do this, you know, present yourself as a professional because that's the first impression people are getting. You know, yep. when you ask people what a land surveyor does, I mean, we, 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 went, we went presented. <laughs> we, we create movies yeah. on the side of the road with that, yeah. with that yeah. instrument. Yeah, right? we went and presented land surveying to like 600 high school kids last year. One of them knew what a land surveyor was. One of them was. knew what a land surveyor was. Yes, yeah, so that's high school kids. So that, in a nutshell, is our problem. My own kids still are, yeah. they're like, you're an architect, right? I'm yeah. like, shut up. <laughs> I always get asked if I'm taking pictures of people with oh, uh, yeah, that's the old one, yeah. And then uh, one high school kid asked me, uh, are you measuring earthquakes? Mm. And, yep. You know, you kind of looked at him like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's just such a shame. And Neil, you touched yeah. on earlier, you know, that people just don't know what we do. No. I mean, we are, unfortunately, historic, historically terrible at promoting ourselves and promoting the profession. Um, you know, I think there's a lot, well, not a lot, we need more, but the younger folks that are getting involved in the profession, you know, different, different generation, um, look at it a little bit differently. And I, I, I hope and continue to hope that, you know, they're the future of the profession, of course, and they're going to continue to elevate it to the profession that it actually is. You know, there's a lot of old codgers that have been doing this for 40 years and they're just these old guys that there's only one way to do it and it's their way. And if you disagree with it, screw you, you know? Well, you know, here's yep. here's just a little perspective. <laughs> a little perspective on, and, and there, I'm sure there are a ton of different perspectives on why. Why surveyors became the last profession that you needed a four-year degree on. There was a time when I first started surveying that surveying, all you needed really was the experience. Mm-hmm. Not that I knew that at the time, and I really didn't care about it at the time. I only learned this fact after the fact. And the reality of it is, is surveyors in the past that had been surveying for a long time realized that, oh my gosh, these guys that I've been mentoring, these guys that I've been teaching about surveying, and they've been in the field for four years, and now I need help in the office. And so I had them teach somebody else to work in the field, and now they're working in the office, and now... Oh, shit. They can sit for the exam and now they are going to be my competitor. And that is the reason why I feel, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. just my opinion, that that surveying uh, professional land surveyors back in the 70s, maybe late 80s, started bending the ears of Congress to 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 almost make it a an act of Congress to change the laws in which uh, surveyors with with experience, which as you pointed out in the beginning of the show, of look, I mean, there, I, I, I agree. There's a certain thing on education, but experience really, really is is the telltale sign of do you have the aptitude or not to do this? But they changed the law because they didn't want the competition. And unfortunately, these that older generation uh, didn't can't foresee the future this and and still mold surveyors and coming up and being able to embrace surveying yeah. to take the next step to go to school. Well, you are. Yep. <laughs> but there are a lot of. Yeah. Yep. that aren't yep so i think uh with that little rant i'm just saying yeah, no it's a it's a great point and, you know you and i are the same age and as you probably well know 
and you, you as well, the average age of a licensed surveyor in this country is 60 years old. It's crazy. You know? I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> enough said right there. You yeah. know? I mean, that's yep. that's a huge average. problem. And it's such a great career. Like you mentioned earlier, Neil, you don't need to have a college degree to be no. very successful in this no. profession. You know? Yep. Um, Mon- monetarily wise... I mean, I am compensated very well. I, I am not a licensed surveyor, but I'm compensated very well. But I also have 30 years, you know, experience. Yep. Uh, but I, I, I have a, a survey that was done uh, that I will and and will be uh, showing these high school students. Uh, by the way, that was uh, U46, second largest high school hmm. system in the state of Illinois. Uh, I am doing a presentation for. Uh, it's a two-hour presentation wow. for the um, uh, Science Academy, and uh, um, I'm, what I'm hoping, my dream here is, is this is just an introduction course, and then next year, I'm hoping for a two-week module mm. within each semester, first and second, uh, from now and forever, and so that not just biotechnology and civil engineering and architectural and mechanical surveying is also instilled into their program so that hopefully and eventually the average age of Mm -hmm. the surveyor will drastically come down in the near future, especially with the technological advances that we've really experienced. Yeah, absolutely. It's bound to. Um, But that's awesome. Kudos to you for, you know, getting involved at that level and, uh, and promoting the profession like that. That's awesome. Thanks. We definitely need more folks like that. Shoots, uh, hit him with it. I I got nothing. I'm stumped right now. <laughs> went, went deep on you, deep yeah. in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the whole like two week module and everything. Man, oh man, the, the school system seems really supportive out there compared to the ones here. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Hit Is him it, with your uh, hit him with your question. Uh, which one? Let's see. Um, this one's kind of only going to go one way. The old, uh, what would you tell your younger self if you could go back in time? Um, Neil's probably going to have a great answer. I think Will's just going to be like, mm, invent soccer golf. <laughs> <laughs> no. that's, that's, that's about uh, all I can think of. Excuse me, foot golf. Foot golf, yeah. <laughs> no, mine would actually probably be pursuing this a little sooner. Like I said, whenever I, I saw some ads on some job search engine, and I did one, and it was a couple years before I started surveying, and... If I would have known I would have liked it as much as I did, I mean, could have been licensed by now mm-hmm. and been doing my own stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, happens for a reason, right? Everything Never thought does. I'd be in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Did you now? Did you finish the OSU Survey Tech program? I or should you finish. You're this, still in it. Right? I should finish this May. I'm, yeah. That is an awesome program. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty. You fun. can complete it completely online, right? Yep. Yeah. And I actually, I think uh, I started it in 2016. Mm-hmm. I think the spring and i've actually been doing it the whole time while while working so i'm starting to understand it even more so you'll you know you'll Mm -hmm. read certain stuff i think i'm in a legal principles right now and nice it's like oh so oh this is why i have to do that like it's this whole reason and the legal stuff definitely kind of comes full circle yeah yeah you understand it a bit more so it's a pretty good program though i would definitely recommend it especially if you have nothing better to do like if you can't get anything else it's all online. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have anything in the state. So, um, you know, the few young surveyors that we do have, uh, whenever I, I talk to them about pursuing an education, I always mention OSU because yep. I know it's a solid program. Yep. Yep. How about you, Neil? I think, uh, you know, in, it, it, you know, if I was going to talk to my younger self or somebody that was in the same age group that I was, 
is surveying is just as much of a professional career as anything else that high school or college will try to push down your throat. They have all these programs set up and designed for civil engineering and architecture and mechanical. They got shit for surveying, shit for surveying. So it's you who are passionate about science, engineering, and technology and, and, and embracing that and saying, hey, this is a career I could do. Uh, and it doesn't take a lot. It yep. just doesn't take a lot. Yep. I just wish there was more um, universities and community colleges that were really pushing their foot forward. So yeah. really, I mean, I guess the answer to that question is, is um, follow your passion, right? If you're passionate about something, what whatever it is, if it's surveying, it's surveying. If it's engineering, it's engineering. If it's if it's architecture, it's architecture. If it's anything, same thing. I tell my five kids that I have. I don't care what you do, and I'll and I'll reiterate this. <laughs> none of them, none of them friggin' know what I do. Yeah. they don't. <laughs> they don't I've, I, it, yeah. I, I've brought a couple out in the field, right. you know, doing yeah. some manhole dips and. Yeah. You know, you know, the fun stuff, push the button when I tell you, no, no, you know, um, but you know, they all have their dreams and I'm just, you know, I think we're here on this program, you know, to the answer to the question is yeah. you got to be passionate about life and you got to love your job. And I love my job. I love what I do. Yep. I always have. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Now the old chicken and the egg argument, uh, these, the, the engineering programs are all there and you have to have them to become a professional you don't necessarily have to have a degree in surveying to be a surveyor is that why there is a lack of these educational programs i i just think it's it's in in information do we need need like a bill gates or something to just hit it big and be like i am a proponent of surveying and make i mean honestly like i'm sure you guys have seen like the get kids into survey thing that's out there you know it's really big in the uk ellie ball you know she's got a really good thing going it hasn't really made it to the states yet pretty cool program i mean going and presenting to high school students is great and you know one one other thing that we found is we presented to those high school students mm-hmm. and then shoots offered the trig star exam right in 80 did, did not go well how many kids took it 80 some kids 88 kids 88 and, kids and okay took the trig star how many how many scored above 70% let's say less than 10 less than 10 probably even less than 5 who was it offered to the general population it was uh, juniors and seniors at a local high school yeah. So I won't give the name out. What we yeah, find no. out, what we found out, is that level of math isn't being taught now. It's in not high at school. the high school level. It's like at college now. Yeah. So it's almost like you know, I've reached out to NSPS about this. The trick star exam almost needs to be adjusted to today's no, no, no. education yeah. level or something. I mean, it's not. It's not working. It's not working. Well, I think that you were hitting on the point just a minute ago, which is more the educators need to be. They, they're the ones that you need to bend the ear to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what I did mm-hmm. with reaching out to this director of the science academy. Yeah. Uh, and they were all, even all the teachers were amazed. But there's that certain person you need to reach. Yeah. 
and right. and 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 it and it needs to take the persistence of keep reaching out to that person mm-hmm. and if not them then somebody else yep. but somehow i mean we've been talking about this since i'm not kidding kent since you and i were in high school yeah. right the japanese are ahead of us right the japanese the japanese the japanese yeah well you know what here it is 30 years later and we're still talking about the same crap mm-hmm. you know the, the the educators are the ones that need to step up, but that's the problem with society today in the United States, and this is my own personal opinion, right, of, you know, people look at themselves and say, oh, what can I do? Oh, I'm, I, I can't do anything. And, and so they leave it up to somebody else, and then somebody else, and somebody else, and then nothing ever gets done. Passing the buck. And years and years and years and generations go by. And nothing ever gets done. In the blink of an eye. In a blink of an eye. Yep, you're right. A yep. whole generation. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's 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 going to take such a massive effort, coordinated movement, effort, coordinated effort. No it doubt, really is. And, and that's the only way it's really going to change. Honestly. Really but I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, you got to talk to the right person who's going to promote surveying to the students. You, you have know? to excite them. Yeah. You have to excite them as yeah. much as you're excited. Yep. I'm I, and I'm hoping that's what I did again. Second largest educational system in the state of illinois i really hope i'm gonna you know i need to pull some um some of the people that invigorated me uh into bringing their laser scanners and their drone technology look i'm i'm the face of the operation at this point right i'm not out there pushing the buttons i'm not out there bringing the drones i'm not out there processing the data but um they're all on board they're they're all on board they all agree that this is i I hate to use the word dying profession because it's not a dying profession. Mm-hmm. It is a profession. Yep. Everyone just needs to get on board that if you don't act now that all of a sudden civil engineers are going to take a couple extra credit courses and they're going to be surveyors. Yeah. <laughs> that's a scary thought. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like you guys, when you promote the profession, so to speak, and it, it, somebody like yourself, when you go present it, you're passionate about what you do. That comes through and that's, definitely helpful to entice people into this just doing this podcast alone we talk about it after the episode sometimes of a guest is better when they're passionate about what they do than somebody that's kind of like eh, yeah that's what yeah. i do it's just a, it's a job that yeah. gets me through yeah. when you actually care about it, it it definitely shows well it definitely shows through yeah no doubt um, do we go with the old golden yeah, one? Let's do that. I, I feel like we're going to get some wisdom dropped on us right now the wisdom drop who do who do we want to go first? Uh, William. William, the young man. Okay. Yeah. Is, is, is is this a potty break for me then? No, no, no. 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 All right, almost, all right. man. We're we're <laughs> almost there. We're almost there. We're in the home stretch here. Um, for both of you, Will first. What motivates you? What's what's the mantra that you live by? Man, I think I've had this literally since high school, and it's like, look on the bright side. Like you, you could literally be having the worst time ever, yep. but. There's a bright side somewhere, mm-hmm. and yeah. you might have to look around and find it, but once you find it, you can just keep on adding to that, and eventually, you're fine. It's like yeah. digging up a structure. you well, got to find uh, the good side. Hey, you keep on using <laughs> that metal detector. It's down there. Being uh, being happy is a choice. Yeah. yeah. No doubt about it. That's how I've always felt about it. That, like, Yeah. All right, Neil. I see I see you pondering. Do you need well, me to I vamp? Was, I, can, I can, you know, just 
talk it, about anything if you got to get that all squared in your head before you <laughs> no. drop this on us. <laughs> no. Just re- repeat the question. Uh, do, do you, what motivates you? Do you have a mantra that you live by? Just a one kind of sentence or two? Yeah. So what, uh, what motivates me? Um, I am a family man, so I always have a family to provide for, and I am a professional. So uh, I take my job serious uh, in everything that I do. I put everything that I have and what I know from previous experience and even what I don't know. If I don't know it, I'm going to find the answer, mm-hmm. right? I research it. Uh, and I don't take the uh, first person's, oh, yeah, I researched this. Look what they said. Oh, this is what I'm going with. No, I may look five, six different perspectives, take my average of what they're saying in order to derive it what I think the answer is. So... I was on a thought process just before that. Um, By the way, what he just mentioned there, that's called wisdom. Okay. Yeah. I hope Will was listening. Um, and, <laughs> I made those off. <laughs> and, and I'm going to ask you to repeat the question yep. just again, just so that I can you know, <laughs> help yep. bring back forth what Do I Do you have like. a mantra that you live by? Mantra. Yeah. So perfection. Uh, I'm, I'm, I just think that in surveying... Uh, there is a certain perfection, but again, it's also dictated by budget. I mean, sometimes I'm cut short on, on what it takes to do a job because you're told right off from the front, Hey man, this job doesn't have any budget on it. No, I'm just letting you know, you know, just do what you can and, you know, uh, put, well, nobody ever tells me to put my time somewhere else. I mean, I got to put it where I got to put it, Mm -hmm. but, um, now the mantra is, um, you're a professional, you know, in this industry and you just, you just do what you need to do. And if you ever run into a situation, you talk to your boss because they're the ones that are putting the proposals that are out there and they put the proposal out there and they're based on what their experience is. Just like you said, buddy, you know, you're like, Hey man, how long is it going to take to walk up and down this river and, and set some GPS points in order to, uh, uh, put some targets on, you know, oh, I don't know, man, like oh, five days, five days, <laughs> you know, can you do it in three? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> if I run, I can do it, but not. <laughs> <run>. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be survey quality. <laughs> so yeah. I think the mantra it really is, is just, you know, you, you, you have to communicate, communicate um, and, and be a part of the team because surveying is not a one man operation. It, and I don't care what anybody says. It is not a one-man operation. It is a team effort. Across the board. I feel It starts like from the office, you know, like when you're putting the field packs together and doing the research. And, I mean, I, I, the money's made in the field, no doubt about it, you know, but it's up to the guys in the office to put proper instructions together for the guys in the field. Yep. Round um, table. Round yep. table. Yep. I feel like Neil's definitely a measure twice, cut once kind of guy. Absolutely. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, we'll wing it. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, before we cut you guys loose, is there anything else that you want to mention that maybe we didn't bring up? Uh, I I would say, and and not to take words out of your mouth, really appreciate what you guys are doing here. I, I mean, uh, you know, when I first learned about uh, the Geoholics, uh, obviously it was because I'm friends with Kent on Facebook, uh, who... Uh, again, Kent and I go back to the seventh grade. We're talking 1980. <laughs> I mean, this is a long time ago. Um, 
Is that a long time ago, Shoots? Uh, that was five years before I was even thought of. So. <laughs> that was like, what? Jeez, tw- oh, I can't even do the math for Jake. That was like 11, 12 years. 10 on me. No, oh, <laughs> 98. Oh, my goodness. That was 18, 18 years. years. That was a full adult before Jake was even thought of. <laughs> Well that, well, well, that was my first uh, introduction to uh, the Geoholics and, of course, uh, involving myself more with uh, the Illinois Professional Land Surveyors Association, um, Parkland uh, College, uh, um, Corey Allred, who you mentioned earlier, uh, Corey's older brother, uh, Kyle. Kyle is uh, one of my bosses at uh, oh, Atwell. Really? Okay. He is. Yep. So uh, I know them both. I don't want to say intimately, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I do work for his older brother, Kyle. Cool. And uh, I, I really think that um, the word that you're spreading here with the geoholics uh, is, is, is really, really great. I think it's just another tool in the technological advancement that we have in our society today that uh, will expose our youth to surveying and all it has to offer. Yep. I hope you're right. My shoulders feel rough. That's one of our. It's ah. one of our goals, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all on board with him. I really appreciate everything you guys do. Love having me out here. I do know that uh, it's nice to hear kind of like a laid back, I guess, environment to be at, rather than I know Kent's always talking about you know the surveyors that are 60s and 70s or they're all grumpy and that's like what everyone has their eyes as but i mean if they listen to this it's (laughs) it's not it's not it at all i mean you kind of have more of a a good energy i guess that's what you'd use cool yeah i'm glad that's what you guys are getting out of it and um appreciate you both being here i'm glad this all worked out the way it did it's worked out really well i was gonna say we set the bar here in studio from the Midwest. I know it's crazy. That's the right? first time, and we had two at once. <laughs> That's how it just falls hey, into it's place. The first time for We're everything, taking over. Right? Yeah. All right. With that, let's uh, let's put a bow on this one. Thanks again to Helton Brewing Company for allowing us to be here. If you're in or around Arizona, be sure to look out look for their beers because they're now um, distributed straight wide, straight statewide. My God, it's been a long night. Uh, check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn by searching for The Geoholics and download all our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and Stitcher. You always forget we got an app, boys. And download the app from LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Email us at info mm-hmm. at thegeoholics.com if you're interested in being a friend of the program or a guest on a future show. We're booking into the end of April now, so give us a shout. If you want to come on a show, we can have remote guests just like uh, having them in studio, although we prefer to be in studio. Absolutely. We can have remote guests. Kohler's taking us out with Dangerous. Till next time, everybody. Jake, enjoy Spring Day. Thanks again to our friends of the program. Please be sure to check out Land Surveyors United at landsurveyorsunited.com, Unifly at unifly.arrow, Bad Elf at bad-elf.com, and Parkland College at parkland.edu forward slash surveying.